Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Stephen Scoggins, who is an entrepreneur and businessman. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Guys Like Us podcast. Super excited to bring on Steven Scoggins today. He is an entrepreneur uh, of multiple businesses um, and a businessman. And now he's uh, dedicating a lot of his time in investing in others and, and just helping to be a guide, as he calls it. Um, so I'm super excited for today's conversation. We discuss a little bit about his upbringing, um, some of the trials, um, but just really seeing God's provision and God's calling for his life in the midst of it and stepping into that, being uh, responding and being obedient to the call. Um, and and then, you know, the success that came with it and, and the wealth that came with it. And I don't mean, we don't mean wealth you know, only in a monetary component, but it's a holistic view. So we see wealth in relationships, um, wealth in finances, um, but wealth in stewarding all of these things in a in a godly way, um, and and being faithful with with what is given to you. And I think that's this is that's really the crux of this conversation is to be faithful to what is given to you, to uh, to lead out of abundance and to live a life um, that is God honoring. It involves planning. Um, and it, it involves learning and having just a hunger and a heart um, to grow in faith um, and for where God has really where God has called you. Um, and then we discuss a little bit more about Transform You um, and you know just an, uh, an event that he has coming up in October. Um, but just so much other great stuff. Um, if you're tuning in, you might want to listen a little bit slower um, and really listen. Be an active listener. Maybe if you listen at 1.5 speed, go down to one or maybe even half speed, you know, pause frequently. And if possible, grab a notebook, um, grab a pen just to write down a few a few notes um, to help you remember and recall and really retain this information. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Stephen. Without further ado, Stephen, thanks so much for joining me and the, and the guys like us tribe here. Yeah, man, Tyler, excited to hang out with you, dude. Now we're going to have some fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so um, for folks who are tuning in, you know, I um, have tuned in before, have a lot of different different episodes, bringing different folks. And I, I mean, particularly, I get I get really interested seeing guys who have been successful in business and who mm-hmm. consider themselves, you know, themselves entrepreneurs um, and, you know, building something from the ground up. And so... I'm particularly enthused, and hopefully, you know, uh, listeners are as well. But let's let's kind of give everyone a back, just a little backstory. I know, um, you know, for for this podcast, a lot of a lot of people of faith who are tuning in, um, sure. and and would just love to hear a little bit more about your your upbringing, your background before uh, you things kind of yeah. took off, and, and we'll get to a lot a lot of the a lot of the good stuff. But obviously, this is some of the good stuff too here. Yeah, absolutely. No, you know, it's it's funny. And now that I look back, you know, I've got seven businesses now and employed, gosh, a few hundred people across three states. Uh, we mm-hmm. do close to nine figures of revenue on a regular basis. Um, you know, it's it's hard to believe how far God's brought me and mm-hmm. how much he's encouraged me and taught me along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely an absolute person of faith. I would not be where I'm at today without my faith. There's, mm-hmm. there's hands down, that's an absolute truth. 
Um, you know, but I think what most people try to respect is mm-hmm. the fact of where I kind of started from. And I, and I think I, like myself, a lot of, a lot of Americans throughout the country start off in very difficult circumstances. For me, it was a broken home. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother and father, you know, largely uh, missed the, the first chunk of my life for the most part after about the age of three mm-hmm. and, uh, largely raised by my single grandmother for a while. And, you know, about nine years old, she comes to me and looks me dead in my eye and says, I need you to help me around the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like she was asking me to take out the garbage. Like, it was like, I'm going to need your help. You know, and, I, and I, at the time, I really wasn't sure what that was. And then she proceeded to tell me how sick she was. I'm really sick. I'm going to have to go to the doctors a lot. You know, keep in mind, I'm nine years old. I literally have a G.I. Joe in one hand and transforming the other. Right. Um, right. You know, you think about your average nine-year-old. Most of your nine-year-olds don't have any cognitive ability outside of watch cartoons, eat cereal, and, you know, whatever. And I was forced to grow up fast from that moment on. And Mm -hmm. uh, she taught me how to basically take boiled water and make all the things you can make with boiled water from ramen noodles or what was, you know, kind of got knockoff of ramen noodles to macaroni and cheese to hot dogs to whatever. And, you know, she passed away about two years later when I turned 11. And that's about the time my parents came back into my life. I'm sure they were like, okay, um, we're going to have to step up now, which is a good thing. But, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know, my mother and father didn't really get along that well. Um, Both of them had made some bad decisions as part of their relationships. And ultimately, I went to go live with my father and uh, my brother went to go live with my mother. And, you know, so that kind of led me to the construction trade. And at the age of 11, I was carrying studs and, you know, moving lumber. And by the time I was 16, I was literally running the framing crews. I was having people twice my age or even three times my age um, listening to what I had to say as a, you know, as a quasi leader. Um, yeah, no. about how to, you know, build homes and stuff like that. And, you know, and life continued to be kind of up and down for a while. You know, we, um, my dad's business took off for a while. We made a, you know, he did really well for a while. And then the government reminded him he had to pay taxes. And next thing you know, he lost his business and the house was foreclosed on and the cars were repossessed. And, uh, you know, all the, all the circumstances that kind of come with that as far as, you know, escorts in and out of the home with, you know, the sheriff's department, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, you know, all mm-hmm. these types of things. Um, took a toll on my emotions because I'll never forget this with, you know, all that kind of had just happened. And, and my father, not knowing any better said, Scott, you know, he, he said, I want you to always remember that Scoggins don't get ahead. They get by. Yeah. And when you look around the country today, 67 plus percent of the population based on the last Harris poll that was done for time magazine would say that they're hap- unhappy, unfulfilled, and dare I say living in moments of despair. Whether mm-hmm. that moment is for a year or two years or a month, you know, struggle faces us all. Adversity faces us all. And it hadn't, if it hadn't have been for my father's first mentor or my father's employer, who yeah. was my first mentor, a guy by the name of Steve Myrick, I honestly don't think I'd be here anymore. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the, the, the voices of failure and the voices of brokenness and the voices of lack um, overpowered what little bit of faith I had when I was young. In fact, my grandfather... When, from the time I was born, he just referred to me as a little soul winner. And he said that over and over and over again, all until he passed away when I was 2006. That's how he introduced me to people. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy part was, is that includes a five year stint where I was a professing atheist. And I became a professing atheist after studying the Big Bang and studying Darwin and studying this and studying that. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, mm-hmm. I couldn't understand why God, if there was such a one, would have caused me to suffer. Caused me to, you know, wake up with, you know, and literally I, I would be woken up in the middle of the night with a roach falling on my face or, you know, not having enough you know food in the cupboards. Like, it's, mm-hmm. my, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. My father worked as hard as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But I began to become I began to become keenly aware of how limiting the brain is or the mindset that you use is. And I don't mean like the cushy thing where about hey we're gonna talk about mindset today. I mean I'm, I'm talking about like how much you either propel yourself or you defeat yourself on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. To contrast that, for example, my father said Scoggins don't get ahead, they get by. Or Steve Meyer, my dad's first, my his employer, my first mentor, asked me a question and it began to change my life, which is this. And he said, what's the difference between a rich man and a poor man? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, duh, money, of course, man. It's got to be money, right? That's he it. said, absolutely it. not. Yeah. It's the way they think. Mm-hmm. Then he asked me something that really hit me hard, just as hard as my, my father's statement that began to open myself back up for opportunities. And for your listeners mm-hmm. right now, here, here's, what I would, here's what I would say to you as well. Do you want to think like me or do you want to think like your father? Mm-hmm. Now, in comparison, not only was Steve Marks super successful financially as a business owner, <clears throat> not only did he own real estate and property and construction, like not only that, but he was also the same man that I would go see at a local barbecue place here in North Carolina when it was still existed. And I would watch him literally, you know, take a take a thousand dollars and put it under a napkin in a, in a bucket of mm-hmm. hush puppies and just disappear. And then you'd watch a single mother, or, you know, who was our waitress or his waitress at the time, walk over, pick up the button, find it, you know, find a thousand dollars in cash and literally crumble to her knees and start weeping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Seeing the, the wealth that he created was inspiring, but seeing the generosity that he gave was transformational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always knew I wanted to be like him when I grew up. The problem was, is when you come from a background like I come from, it's very difficult to break free from many of the mental hurdles and baggages that come along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, limiting beliefs. Yeah. Scoggins don't get ahead. We get by. We've always been poor. Why would, why would we ever think we're not going to be anything other than poor? Right. Right. What, right. what evidence do we have to show for that? You know, those are just some of the things that kind of made up my early childhood. And, you know, so much of my story now kind of reads like either Joseph from the Bible or for Forrest Gump. Like I've been, I've been thrown in the pit. I haven't physically literally been arrested, but you know, I've been, I've been in prisons of the heart, prisons of the mind, prisons of the soul. I've yeah. had the dark night of the soul more times than I can count. Right. So when it comes down to hopefully what I can do today, it comes down to one thing, and that's discovering what purpose really is. Mm-hmm. And I've discovered that purpose is nothing more than serving the person you used to be. Mm-hmm. Because that reduces the suffering, it reduces the adversity, it reduces the pain, the frustration, the, the, the times when you're angry at yourself or angry at someone else, the times when you let yourself down or someone else lets you down or... It reduces all of that into experiments and experience because out of each of those experience comes wisdom and out of wisdom comes instruction for the person I used to be. And the person I used to be was broken, broken, which is why I've, I've set my life on a course now to impact as many possible lives as I possibly can, mm-hmm. but not from place of I'm, I've got all these businesses and I got all this money and it's going to like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you how screwed up I was. Let me tell you about the grace and the mercy that has fallen on my shoulders that has led me to where I'm at today. And here's the best part. It's available to you too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I want to be I want to be mm-hmm. a voice of Steve mm-hmm. Meyer to other pieces. So that's a little bit of my backstory and kind of why I am who I am and where I'm headed. So hopefully that gives you a little indication of my heart.
No, certainly, certainly. Thank you. And I, I see. I, I love hearing these stories because they're often, you know, if you're if you're writing 140 characters on Twitter or you know posting a photo, you, you might see glimpses of these. But I feel like it, it's so uh, it's so important. And be, and as you said, like some of the voices that were in your life, you remember very distinct conversations. Oh, yeah. Like that, that that one line you said, like that has stuck with you for you know decades now years <laughs> right it, it isn't yeah. it, isn't it and, and so it, it's crazy uh, so my wife and i recently got married and we and we are we're writing thank you cards now and we're thinking about the people that were there and their generosity and we're like yeah. do you remember just that one moment when that person said this thing to us yeah. and how much that in that moment how impactful that was right yeah and, we, and you think about your childhood years you know middle school, high school, incredibly formative, incredibly formative. And the voices in your life are, you know, they're not going to define you, but they can certainly get you on, on a good oh, path. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. I, I think that's something I want to, I want to kind of, I want to hone in on. And it's funny. I'm, I'm looking, I have my, um, I was looking here at, and, uh, and we look at Jesus's life too. It's like, we don't see much from his childhood. We only see him mm-hmm. um, going to the, you know, he was, his parents were looking for him. He was in the temple when he was 12. That's right. And you really don't see anything until he kind of started to pick up and mm-hmm. begin his ministry. Um, and so he was kind of in this, I almost think of like this apprentice, like learning yeah. the way of his father. And so one, one of the things I know you're big on, and this is where you ended, is on mentorship and on having yeah. someone in your life for you, Stephen, Stephen Myers, Meyer? Steve Mark, yeah. Yeah. And, and how, how, really how that, how that made a difference in your life. Can you talk a little bit about, there's listeners here who are, one or the other camp they're actually I guess we all we all have mentors and we all are being mentored if yeah. if we if we choose to um, talk a little bit more about that, that relationship and what you kind of some principles that you have learned yeah so there's a lot of different ways you can you can kind of look at mentorship let me let me start with it from the mentee searching for a mentor's perspective yeah. and the reason being is because I get that question a lot is you know through social media through uh, YouTube all the, all the different various the places mm-hmm. that we're, we're at is the number one question I get is how do I find a mentor? There's nobody nearby. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the, and maybe they're living in the inner city, or maybe they're living in the in the trailer park like I used to. And mm-hmm. it's you know, it's it's not an environment that's conducive to people that are doing well with their life, right? You're surrounded by other limiting beliefs that are continuing to limit your belief. Right. If that makes right. any sense. Right. Right. And here's what I would say: the good news is, is there's a solution for you. As long as you have an internet signal, you have access to mentors. Some of them are dead and gone and have come before you. Some of them mm. are currently existing right now. Some of them are in your future. But they all come from what I refer to as the mentorship matrix, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The mentorship matrix is a category of four that talks about the different types of mentors that you can pursue. Now, I'm going to say these kind of slowly so if someone has a pen, they can jot it down. Please, yeah. So the very first mentor that you have act, actually at your, um, your access, if you will, is what I refer to as the aspirational mentor. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, an aspirational mentor is someone who possesses the character traits and the results that you're looking to accomplish in your life. Okay? I aspire to be Steve Mark, even though I didn't get to spend a lot of time with Steve Mark. But mm-hmm. the time that I did get to spend with him or did get to hear from him was powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay? The other side of the coin is something that's referred to as the historical mentor. Mm-hmm. Historical mentors, most, in fact, most of human thought, human action, and human results are driven by the principles that we live by. I would actually say that principles govern promises. 
So if, you're, if you want to live a life of promise, there are certain principles that you have to adopt as your own and put into work for your life day in and day out. Okay. Mm-hmm. In a historical mentors segment, that is going to be any kind of archive content. You see most historical mentorship coming from books. Hmm. Okay. Now, someone like myself who's ADHD and dyslexic had a really hard time reading, but now you have access to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. In other words, mm-hmm. there's no reason why if you look in the right places that you won't find exactly what you're looking for depending on whatever level of life you're trying to elevate, mm-hmm. whether it's your finances, your relationships, your emotional life, your mindset, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's already literature that is established that has been proven to be successful. Okay, so there's a there's a context of modeling success. Most of the successful people I know follow the mentorship matrix like it's going out of style, right? So they have somebody they aspire to be. They have a historical base in which they go to get additional knowledge from, okay? And in today's time, we have, we were able to create the third category in the last two decades, and that's called the digital mentor. That's where you're actually going to watch in YouTube, listen to the wonderful podcasts like yours. Mm-hmm. It's a digital asset that can inspire your mind and motivate your heart on a consistent basis. And as a result, you're able to elevate yourself on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The biggest problem with our ability to move forward really comes down to distraction. You're taking the time you could be using in developing yourself and spending it rather than investing it on things that just make the brain feel a little better. Maybe mm-hmm. it's TV, maybe it's video games, maybe it's hanging out too much with friends or going out and, and doing the silliness that comes around when you're young and you're hanging out with, t- you're hanging out with your friends. If you don't have a pre-dedicated time in which you are going to consistently on a daily basis work on you, then you are going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. Stuck mm-hmm. is nothing more than not making progress. Mm-hmm. All right? As you make your way through the, the mentorship matrix, one of the things you're going to discover very, very fast, more than anything else, is how unstoppable you can be when you put the effort in. Okay? Mm-hmm. The fourth and final one that I refer to is the peer-to-peer mentor. Mm-hmm. Now... Today's day and age, you would say, well, my peer, I means I have to be sitting with you right now or whatever. You and I are currently, or we're doing a digital media and we're actually creating real time content that God willing will feed somebody's heart, mind, body, and soul. Okay. <laughs> so in a roundabout way during our conversation, you're going to say things to me that are going to mentor to me and God willing, I'll say things to you that's going to mentor you. Okay. <laughs> and this is digital, right? This is, this is, we're not on the phone necessarily, but that could, that's a medium you could use. Right. 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 We're not face to face. We're not sitting across the table from each other having a cup of coffee. But what we like to tell ourselves is I it's okay that I'm not get, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not making progress the way I want to make progress because I don't have anybody to talk to. I don't have anybody to mentor me. And I just removed all those excuses. The mm-hmm. two common killers of anybody actually moving forth in their God-given purpose mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. distraction and excuses. And when you wake up and remove those out of your vocabulary, and you sincerely commit your works to the Lord, the Lord will bless those works. Hands down, Mm -hmm. time and time again, over and over again. That's how you get mentorship in today's economy. Mm -hmm. Now, let me go back to the mentor to mentee category, Mm -hmm. if it's okay. Please. The people that I tend to invest my time and energy in have one thing in common. Actually, two things in common. They're hungry and they're humble. They're hungry for a new level, a new piece of information. They're the type, their, their hunger 
every time I give them an insight, almost like Steve Meyer did to me, when I would get, he would give me an insight and I took action on that insight, it's like I earned a credit or like a, a mark in his belt or something. He, he wanted to give me more of it, right? Mm -hmm. The people that do the best around in my circles, the ones that I've personally mentored, and it doesn't matter from the Fortune 500 companies all the way to some of the professional athletes, all the way to hardworking um, soccer moms and dads, right? Mm -hmm. Everything in between. I'm a I'm an irrespecter of persons, as, just like Jesus taught us to be, right? Mm -hmm. It's not I'm not I don't care about your status. I care about your hunger. Mm -hmm. Do you want an honest relationship? Do you want to be part of a conversation where energy is going to flow back and forth? And you're going to take what I've given you and you're going to apply it as quick as you possibly can. That's right. When you look at it from that category, you understand the mentee and the mentor relationship. The people I choose not to mentor are the ones that I give great advice, meaning they've explained their circumstances. I have a complete perspective on what's going on. Mm -hmm. And they do the opposite of what I advise. That tells me that my time investment is not well invested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I have a choice of, do I help someone who's not hungry for personal development or do I help somebody who is hungry? I'm going to go towards the hungry pot, the platform every time. So here's what that means. If you're a mentee, you want to make sure that whatever that mentor gives you, you apply as quickly as you possibly can. Okay. If you're a mentor, you want to make sure that you're investing the best part of your skill sets day in and day out on a regular basis in someone who's hungry, who's someone who's going to do something with it. Okay. That's how both parties get what matters most to them, and it becomes a friendship, a relationship, and it's, it's the same exact way in which I believe that God touches us. I believe in the whole thing, if you're faithful with the little, you'll be made master over mm -hmm. much. That's it. Period. Five talent yeah. all day long. Now, we just totally told the five talent story in the methodology of a mentorship or mentor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, how are you coming across as a mentee? And then ask yourself, is there somebody in your immediate circle right now that you could change their life with two or three pieces of key knowledge? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was just thinking of how often, though, sometimes as we're receiving information, we already want to try and say something back before we even let them say something. Like even as you were talking, I was catching myself of like, uh, I like, oh, here's here's what I think about it. And it's like, OK, like, we'll we'll get to that. But like, why don't you just receive and take this in? Because you have to actively do that. You have to actively listen. And I think that's one. And that kind of one of the things is on distraction. Sometimes it's, it's a distraction of our own voice of what we're trying to say. And um, and then at that time, it's like you're might, you might as well talk to yourself if uh, if you're if you're not truly going to listen. And so, yeah, so that's just something that, that came up. But I think I think, I I think it's so great. For yeah. Just a second, if I could. Please, um, because I'm because I'm ADHD and dyslexic. Like I, it's shiny thing, squirrel conversation. Yeah. Um, here's a technique that I personally use to be more engaged because I think that's a great point you just mentioned about listening. The power of listening. In fact, I would dare say God speaks to us more when we listen than when we're just talking at Him, right? Yeah. And here's the thing: I have to carry even right now. I've got a notepad. The audience can't see it, but I've got a notepad, right? As you're sharing things. I actually I will jot down some of my thoughts and some of my takeaways in the moment while I'm while I'm actually listening. The reason I'm doing that is so I can circle back because a, an ADHD person or ADD person's brain, they're thinking if I don't say it, I'm going to forget it. And that's a legitimate concern, but this is how you yes. avoid that. Hopefully, we stay more engaged. Sorry, I had to like just mention that just because that was a technique I used. Very helpful. Very helpful. Um, and I actually think that kind of transitions and, and, you know, into kind of a, I guess a related topic is the importance of planning too. Mm -hmm. 
and there's a lot that there's a lot that go in that goes into that and i know you've been doing some work and with transform you and so mm-hmm. i just want to share a little bit about the value so i think there's a lot in business on planning and on mm-hmm. maybe i don't know if it's related or not productivity par- partially yeah. that you know whether you're right now you're you work in business or not is a very important life skill and mm-hmm. will and will really you know i, I think is if if it's stewarded well is a is a great it's god honoring and so can oh, you can you share a little bit about how you especially as someone for yourself who is like yeah it's like as you said you know a, a squirrel jumps over and you're and you already the, the importance of planning and how it can kind of keep you focused yeah so i would say it this way you know i, I have the pleasure and honor of um, speaking on behalf or to the to the men and or uh, women and men and women of the service for our, for our country here in the u.s mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. at the through their uso program so a program called warrior reset Mm-hmm. And I had this interesting epiphany. I was doing a keynote for them not long ago, and it dawned on me that we spend more time planning a vacation than we do actually planning our life. Wow. We'll put more effort wow. in. We'll put more work in. We'll do all the. We'll do everything that it takes to get ready to go for vacation, oh, but we won't go at life with the same level of planning or intensity. Because I know that, and I even know that about myself, that if I'm left to my own devices without a plan. I'm going to be all over the place, right? Yeah. I've had to put what I refer refer to as a reinforceable routine around my life. Yeah. So here's here's a, what I mean by a reinforceable routine. Um, at this stage in the game, my financial goals are not as important as my impact goals, meaning the amount of impact I'd like to make in the world. Well, how do I do that? Okay. Well, first of all, I have to wake up early in the morning because that's when I'm most at peace. I can hear God clear, clearer. I pray and I meditate. I grab my gym bag and I book it to the gym, to the local gym. At the local gym, on the way there and while I'm there, I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast or a YouTube or something that is feeding my mind, my body, and my soul. Now, one of the things that to this day, I think I'm the only person that mentions that I do this, is each day of the week, I focus on a different part of my life. What I mean by that is on Mondays, I might focus on my emotional well-being. On Tuesdays, I might focus on my financial well-being. On Wednesdays, I might focus on my spiritual well-being. On Thursdays, I might focus on my relational well-being, all the way through the what we refer to as the eight pillars of life. And you're like, well, there's seven days, eight pillars, you're missing one. No, I'm not. Seven plus one equals contribution. When you do the seven well consistently and you, and you raise your level of awareness and consistency there, you will find yourself naturally overflowing, which is exactly what God made you to do to begin with. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, as I walk through mm-hmm. that, just that, 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 just that start of my day. And I do that consistently. I, you know, uh, for those that follow me on Instagram and stuff like that, they'll literally see me post Facebook Lives at 530, 515, 505, 455, right? As soon as my prayers are done and as soon as I grab my gym bag, I want people to know it's okay to get up early. Mm-hmm. I want people mm-hmm. to know it's okay to not stay up late and watch the Letterman show or whatever, whatever distraction, remember I mentioned that earlier, yeah. whatever distraction is keeping you from getting a good night, good night's rest because your performance is, I guarantee it's suffering tomorrow, right? That's it. A reinforceable routine puts your outcomes in the forefront and guardrails to the destination. I know by waking up at five o'clock and going through my normal routine and setting my day up right, when I come in to work with my team, I'm going to be in the best possible position to make sure I don't harm, maim, or hurt anybody because I'm irritable, I had a bad night, or whatever, okay? On top of that, I have a cadence throughout the course of the week because I'm trying to impact lives where I'm, I'm creating brand new content all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that stuff is on – I'll put it on YouTube, right? 
Mm-hmm. All of that stuff are key attributes in creating a plan. So much so that I've been able to, over the last decade to literally outline, outline a complete framework for what I refer to as a, play, a playbook for an elevated life. Mm-hmm. Okay? Remember I said a, a little bit ago that principles govern promises. One of the biggest things that you're going to have to have in your life are the pre are the predecided principles that make your choices before you have to make them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If my principle is I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle so I can be here for my kids and my grandkids. Okay. Then when I have a chance to not sleep, not eat, not do these things right, my principle says I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to actually do what I committed to doing. I'm going to keep the promise I made to myself. And that's the power of creating the plan and then having a reinforceable routine. You have to know where you want to go. In fact, I'll say it this way. There mm-hmm. are three questions I think you should ask in creating this. What do you want? Why do you want it? What are you willing to sacrifice to get it? Because I've also discovered that if somebody will commit to two-year process, just two years, mm-hmm. they'll get all the muscle memory, all the framework, all the foundation, everything they need to build a skyscraper. The problem is, is over 70%, 67, 70% of the population doesn't know how to do it, which is why I teach it, doesn't know why it's important, which is why I exist, and doesn't know what to do about it, which is also why we come alongside people and help them, right? It's because there's a process that has to be followed, principles that govern promises that give you the ultimate outcome, and by setting up your day, by planning it, what do I want, why do I want it, what am I willing to sacrifice, you give yourself hope. And you're not reliant on the world to tell you how hopeless you are. You, mm-hmm. Your hope comes from the inside. It comes from Christ. It comes from God. It comes from <laughs> him telling you what kind of amazing value that you actually have in and around your life on a day-in-a-day-out basis. The more you stay distracted, the more you're going to have all the subliminal things, messages hitting you from different directions, trying to remind you that somehow because you don't have the right car, you don't have the right clothes, you don't have the right house, you don't have the right family, whatever, that all of those various reasons that you're somehow not enough. And it's a lie. It is a big lie. Your life matters. You matter. Your impact matters. You just got to get up and do it. Wow. Wow. So good. And I'm as I'm hearing this, I'm like, man, this is this is one of those podcasts where you're gonna have to either, you know, hit pause, make sure that you're at, you're not driving or in a place where you're distracted to listen, or um, or you just put it, you know, at even half speed. I, I like to listen to my podcast at one point five sometimes, and so. Mm-hmm. Taking a step, and, and so you found so. So tell me, so like waking up early, getting this routine going, helps you stay more focused and avoid distractions. You you you, you yeah. Experience. So I'll, I'll kind of do it yeah. this way. So this is where the physical side comes into play. Sure. Your brain, when rested, is able to process more information in a larger fashion. Period. Mm-hmm. Your body, when fasted, is able to burn more calories. And actually put yourself in a fat burning state than if, if, if you had just gotten up, went to breakfast and kind of went about your day. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've discovered, for example, I do what's called intermittent fasting myself. Mm-hmm. And I discovered as it relates to getting up early, prayer, meditation time is my first. My God is, he's my number one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, when I'm going through that process, I'm not just asking for stuff. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm telling him how grateful that I am that he created me. I'm, 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 I'm acknowledging how grateful that I am that he carried me through some very, very dark times. Mm-hmm. Right? That, sets, that gets, that gets the, the juices flowing. And then you hit the gym, your blood's flowing. All, I mean, I, I kid you not, my phone, 
all of my new content ideas, I'm literally making on the treadmill or on an elliptical or while I'm walking around the gym because everything's firing. It's like revelation is all the way around you. Right. But because you wake up tired each day, the ears that you're using to listen, unfortunately, have earmuffs on them. Right? Mm -hmm. You have to put yourself in a peak state for God to speak to you clearly and abundantly. Right. And that's that's why those things work so well for me. And the people, I've got some of my team that are kind of following my my example, meaning they're, they're actually trying to beat me to the gym and everything in the morning, which is kind of funny. And I can almost tell you which one of them is going to be super successful a year or two from now. Mm -hmm. based on the effort that I see them doing now. Because like bamboo, the hardest work is under the ground. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I'm fired up right now, and I'm sure listeners are encouraged. And so, but as you said, there's, there's um, we, can, we can find ourselves in these limiting beliefs or these, these times, mm -hmm. especially, you know, I, I know as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of uncertain climate. You know, you're, yep. there's, stability is not the first word that you're going to describe for an entre you know, career in entrepreneurship. And so, Certainly, there's going to be there's going to be forces and there's going to be, uh, you know, the, the things that are going to be, that mm -hmm. are really going to go encounter kind of what God has for you. T tell me how you have really kind of yeah, understood getting to the other side and seeing that hey that as you said principles you say it again principles principles govern govern promises. provinces uh, promises mm -hmm. and how that is that I, when I'm thinking about this I'm thinking principles govern promises. And so if I live out these principles that believe are God-honoring and are, are, uh, are, are, are foundational and, and provide this stability, then when, when the promise isn't there, I, 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 can, I can rely on these principles. But yes, I'll let you, you know. So yeah. I'll give you an example. I'm just yeah. giving you some simple examples. Yeah. Everything you need to know about life is already in the Bible. How to treat one another, how mm -hmm. to be a good husband and mother. How to be a good producer rather than a consumer. Um, how to handle your finances. Mm -hmm. How to handle, I mean, literally everything is in there. Yeah. Um, but if I took one principle, for example, let's say that the, because the, the average person, that 67% I mentioned earlier, um, is also struggling financially. So their their security is, is currently challenged on a consistent basis. And it, and it may be an entrepreneur, okay? It, it might be an entrepreneur. It might just be someone as a, as a professional in a workplace. Either way, right. it doesn't matter. Right. Okay. If the principle is, I want to be a good financial steward, then that means I can't spend more than I make. Right? Wealthy people, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm using that word loosely. When I say wealth, I mean mindset, heart, everything, all of it collectively, not just, not just money. Because money doesn't make you wealthy, That's right? right? That's right. Money just makes you more of what you already are. And if you're a greedy jerk, you're going to be a bigger greedy jerk. If you're a giver, you're going to be a bigger giver. That's what money does, okay? Mm. But when you look at wealth as a whole, it really comes down to really one thing. People who are winning in business, winning at the profession, are trying to create and produce. People who unfortunately were like I used to grow up, like I used to grow up, that are struggling financially are oftentimes consumers of stuff. Okay. One is one is scared of not having, the other is scared of not living their life to the fullest potential. Yeah. Okay. When it comes to an entrepreneur, a real entrepreneur does not actually have the expectation that everything has to be hunky-dory and stable. In fact, I would dare say a real entrepreneur is a warrior at heart. They know that certain parts are going to be hard. They're not, they have zero problem pulling out their sword and their shield, right? We like to, we like to put bad emphasis on um, what I refer to as the showboating, right? I'm not a, I don't like showboating. 
I would say it this way. Mm-hmm. There's enough gurus in the world that the guides need to rise up mm-hmm. and drown out the voice. Mm-hmm. Guides have been there, done that, and want to help. Gurus are after, after what they can take from you mm-hmm. because you freely give it to them. Mm-hmm. It's a good marketing ploy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to become as wise as lions, right? You've got, you've got to understand that there are forces at play on a consistent basis. And as it relates to entrepreneurship, if you're going to be successful as an entrepreneur, you have to have that fighting spirit. You've got to become David, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? David was one part lion and one part lamb. He was the warrior. He was out there swinging the sword. He was out there in the heat. He was in the caves. He was, it's, it's not just King David in the palace. It's not him just enjoying his kingdomness. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can never drop your guard down, right? When it comes down to it, wealthy people are doing their absolute best to only invest in things that create additional wealth. Okay. Now, again, it comes down to the heart. But if I generate more wealth, it's because I plan to do more good. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas a person who is not thinking that way, they're just trying to get by. So they spend rather than invest. People who become ultra successful in life, financially, spiritually, and everything, are constantly investing in things that allow for future investment. It's the five-talent story all over again. Right? Mm-hmm. You, be, you, do, you do well with a little, he'll make you master over much. That's it. Period. Yeah. That's how entrepreneurship is done well. Notice that Jesus never said in the five talent story that it wasn't that was, that was it was easy for the five talent person to go and double the money. Never mm-hmm. said that. He just said he did. Right. We have no idea what that interaction was like. We have no idea. I mean, if he was knocking on doors or if he was meeting new people. The biggest thing problem I see in, in the professional environment is people are walking in a professional environment looking who can give them something. Why don't you walk into that environment and go up to the person who's used to being asked to be given something or, you know, like, can you do this for me? Da, da, da. Why don't you do that and say, hey, how can I serve you? What is your dream? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Watch, watch your face. It'll be like, huh? Duh? It's going to throw yeah. them off. Yeah. Those are some, tip- some, some easy tactics to live by principle. If you yeah. treat people how you want to be treated, and I want to be treated well, I, wanna, I don't want people to use me and abuse me. Yeah. Right? I want to be treated as someone who has worked really hard, who's fought really hard, and who has experience, who's willing to share it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So principle is treat people how you want to be treated. Principle is spend no less, spend less than you make. Principle is keep your butt out of debt. Principle is invest in things that make future investments possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a principle. What most people do is they're living by reaction. Oh my God, I just got my check. Did you guys see the new iPhone? Man, the thing looks super cool. I wonder how much, how many, how, how many payments I can get that for. Like, with all, with all due respect, and I don't mean this because I'm, I, again, I, I was mm-hmm. broke and broken. But those that live by monthly payments die by monthly payments. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's live by the sword, die by the sword. But you know what? I, you, it's the same truth. Right. So I don't know if that answers the question. It's kind of long-winded, but I couldn't help myself. No. No, it's it's good. It's all good, and and, and that's why I asked that. I would want to hear your insight, and and it's it, it's funny because I I thought back to one of these mentors, um, who as I'm 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 gonna have to look back at at the at the uh the almost the the paradigm here of the four different types, and it it was one who um, I guess kind of a yeah indirect, but someone who's you know been in my life and mm-hmm. um 
you know, have, have chatted with him here and there, but, you know, kind of in, it's kind of in passing. And, and he, he said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm learning as I get older. He's, he's older now and probably in his seventies. I have, le- I have less to prove and more to give. Amen. Um, and that was just what your, it's the spirit of generosity. And yeah. it's, um, this posture, I really think, really, I believe changes your outlook. Um, mm-hmm. and it changes the way that people view you too. Um, yeah. and I think, and I think that's, that's loving that. Yeah. And that, I think that's part of loving your neighbor too. Um, and so just wanted to throw that out there, but I thought that, uh, you know, it's funny because as, as you start to, you know, as we kind of chat and you, and you say things like things, things come to mind, you're like, oh yeah, like yeah. this, this moment has impacted me that like, even today this one line, you know, is something that I think about and it changes my, the direction of my day. It changes when I'm, when I want to, you know, have that temptation to be greedy or to grab something or be a consumer. I'm like, all right, let's, let's think. Let's let's see if I can first give something, and oftentimes I, I I'm surprised by how how faithful God is in in providing for the for the for the much bigger things that um that uh that you know are are in my life, and so that's awesome. Yeah, you know, I, it doesn't yeah. take it doesn't really take much. You know, people think that transforming your life and becoming uh, the ultimate version of yourself, whatever lingo you want to use, right? Sure. Um, takes a giant leap. It literally takes one aha. You know, if you're looking at life in a linear fashion, of course, that's not how God looks at it. But if you're looking at your life in, in one linear fashion and, yeah. and maybe you're not happy with where it's going, uh, maybe you're not happy with where your business is going, maybe you're not happy with where your relationships are going, whatever those mm-hmm. things are, mm-hmm. all it takes is one massive aha to change, completely change your trajectory. So while that change in trajectory doesn't necessarily feel right away, like all of a sudden you're making an impact, one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, you, you see how far you've gone rather than how far you've been held down. You know, and that yeah. comes down to that great aha. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm on a mission to awaken as many minds as I possibly can. Not just to, well, really to two things. I want to awaken their minds to the possibilities of what God says about them and who they really are. God would not have put you on this planet if there wasn't something you're uniquely qualified to give the world. Right. Okay. When he put Adam and Eve on the planet, Adam first, of course. He asked Adam, take care of this. Mm-hmm. There was a charge, right? Of course, they did, they did what they did, and then it was like, okay, now you, gotta, now you, gotta, now, now you take charge, but now you got to do it by, by, by the sweat of your brow and by the calluses on your hands, and you know what I'm right. saying? Right. So which tells me there's two ways to live an abundant life. One way is to believe what Satan tells you about you or what the economy says about you, what comparison says about you, or what your own limiting beliefs say about you. Or I can live in the fact that God says that he loves me unconditionally, irrevocably, not going to change. And he put me here. He knit me in the womb. He told me that I had purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, in time, those that get started early enough end up serving at scale. But even if you end up serving in your home and you're creating the next president of the United States that maybe is a a rock star, right, that changes the game for everybody to to have a better life. Both of those things are equally as important. Both of those things can change a, a, a trajectory of an entire generation. In fact, I would dare say that one of the biggest deceptions that we fall for more than anything else is the deception of it's all about us. The biggest aha awareness that I've discovered is that God says it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with the generations that are hidden inside of us. That's why the enemy comes after marriage so hard. That's why he goes after children so hard. 
because in my life I discovered roughly I'm 500 years removed from my from my my ancestor that was over in Europe in the Ireland Scotland and Europe area okay I'm 500 years removed from them mm-hmm. but yet I'm the only one that is officially broken free from poverty all because I said God please let me be the one not even knowing what I was asking for mm-hmm. God can I be the one to break the family curse Every single Scoggins up until that time, all the way to me, had always believed Scoggins don't get ahead, they get by. Every last one of them. So if you want to create a legacy that outlives you, then the best thing you can possibly do is to understand it's about the generations hidden inside of you and stop being selfish. Mm-hmm. 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 No, it's great. And you see that you see that generally that generational like just lineage all throughout scripture and you see mm-hmm. it's so often you you skip through some of these some of us who are you are know, reading in in the morning look you're looking through the you know in the old testament and you you skip through those chapters and the son of and the son of levi and the son of and you're like what the heck is all this generational it's like you know and but that's that's part of the word of god and you read through it and you see um i think you see god's faithfulness throughout but mm-hmm. then you also see that yeah there is there there is this preparation time for something that is to come and you yeah. see i mean you see jubilee looking in the old looking at every seven years they just there there's this renewal this spiritual yeah. revitalization and so um yeah just a uh, uh, very encouraged and just want to you know kind of to, to to wrap things up to close things out um yeah just where we can find you i'm sure uh if list, uh, listeners are you know still tuning in and want to find out more about what maybe how to get involved a little bit more with what you're doing or yeah. just follow and just kind of have Maybe it's you know have or learning more about about these mentors or about um, some of these or transform you or whatever. Just kind of yeah. can you point us in the right direction? No, I'd be honored to share. You know, it's um my heart is to like I said, leave this leave this world transformed. I've had enough mentors and people help me transform my own life that I that I feel a necessity that I have to do the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. If you if your listeners right now and, and maybe this is speaking to you, maybe this conversation is spoke to you, and you would say, I want more out of life, but I'm not sure how to get it. I want, I want to know God clearer better, but I'm not sure how. Mm-hmm. Then I would invite you as my guest to Transform You Live in October. Uh, hosted here in Raleigh. Uh, we're going to have 300 mm-hmm. live event seats uh, that people can come. And for three days, I've got uh, 11 other speakers from across, across the country who are industry leaders um, with large, very well-known uh, platforms and whatnot. You can always go to transformyoulive.com and look and see all about the event. But I would invite you to be part of that event. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether you can come in person or whether you can come virtually, I'm going to have about 4,000 people coming in virtually. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's not a live stream. We will be engaging. We will be chatting. You will be asking questions. Like, I want to create an environment where anything is possible, because mm-hmm. I've been taught that with God, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're not interested in that, no big deal. And you want to just stay connected, learn a little more. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram at Stephen underscore Scoggins. That's with a PH. And uh, yeah, those are the best places to catch me. Awesome. Uh, well, it's been a joy and honor, privilege to have you on, Stephen. Just to thank you for just sharing a, a few, uh, you know, uh, notes of wisdom and, um, and just from to kind of tips from the trade as well. And so uh, we're grateful and um, listeners, I, I, I'm sure are as well. And so thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, bud.